And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, guys, you're here with Wayne In, Big John McCarthy, Josh Thompson, and Podcast Dave. Uh, we're all here in studio. Well, John's in his studio at his home. Um, let, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's just talk about the what we've stirred. Well, you've stirred up this recently. I with, up <laughs> people I get offended over anything. the facts. I I think it's hilarious. I was on. Um, uh, go ahead, talk to me. Nah, you know it's it's amazing that the truth hurts. I guess you know that's yeah. the saying mm-hmm. and. If people can't handle the truth, man, that's that's really sad. The truth is important. I think transparency in everything that someone does is, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to continue on in everything, and that's what you'll get from, I think, both of us, and that's yeah. what's important. Yeah, we've gotten too used to the participation trophy era. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. You're a ref. You're in there doing your thing. I get it, but, you know, it's it's human. It's... It's human to make mistakes, but you also Absolutely. you also need to own up to what you when you made a mistake, and that's really what it Absolutely. comes down to. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter who you are, how long you've done it. It's we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Yeah, I and, was on. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was on Mike Straka's podcast today, uh, and uh, if you guys check it out, Straka man. Yeah, so we were. He's he's awesome, man. I, I was on his uh, show a long, long time ago. I was in Strike Force for. It's called. Uh, oh, what was it called? I don't even had a TV show. Fighting Words? Was it Fighting? Yeah, Fighting Words. I think that's what it was. Yeah, something like that. I was on that. Uh, He was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. Great interview. It was probably one of my best interviews. I felt like that we actually have a second to sit down and really talk, you know, and that was good. Uh, Yeah, anyways, but we talked about it. He was like, man, you guys have been stirring up some serious shit. And I'm like, not really. We're just basically just saying what's going on, you know, and uh, and I, I give you a ton of props on there because... It, like I said, I think the one thing that I feel like our show has is the dynamic of it's one thing to have like Brendan. He's got a comedian and himself or he's got himself. You know, Joe is just himself, but he has Brendan on. He's got Eddie, Eddie Bravo on and he's got Brian Callen on, which is an, another comedian. So but no one has the dynamic that you and I have former fighter, former world champion, basically the guy who wrote all the rules for our sport, you know, and been around forever. So I said that we're I, I, there's a lot of things I, I don't like to, you know, make your head any bigger than it is. So I, I was just simply just telling him, hey, I've been losing weight, man. My head's getting smaller. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, it just makes your head look bigger because your body's exactly. getting smaller. Hey, my body's getting smaller. I got this giant pumpkin up here, man. Well, it's just it's just nice because I think we have a dynamic that you come from. I come from the fighting perspective where I look at things. And I'm like, no, no, you know, Jose Aldo won that fight against Marais. And you said, yeah. no, no, no. Marais won that fight because he landed the shots. He wasn't just the one walking around. And I was talking to Mike Schrocker today on his show. And I was like, there's things in my mind that as a fighter, I went through my whole career just thinking about. Thinking about if I was putting pressure, I was in, even if I wasn't really throwing, I had you making, and I was making you move backwards. I'm winning. No, not really. No, if you land one jab, you won. You know, yeah. and that's really what it comes down to. And, and I never I never thought about it that way. Most you guys know? don't. That's one of the craziest things about our sport is if you go and you ask the actual participants, I mean, the highest level guys like you, mm-hmm. hey, explain to me what, what is going to win you this fight in the judge's mind. They can't. Yeah. They, they don't know what that criteria is. And I mean, I've heard years, 
I have always told fighters, hey, you know, when I teach a course, you want to come, you want to learn, I'll let you come. And I, I always try to, you know, have extra seats that I would let them come. They're not trying for any kind of, you know, they're not trying to be an official or anything like that. I want them to learn exactly what it is that are the rules so they know exactly what they can and can't do because a lot of guys honestly still don't. And I want them to know what the judges are going to give them credit for and what is just nothing. Yeah. And they need to know it. And a lot of guys don't. It's crazy. No, it's true. Yeah, it's not. And then we we actually, I, I went off a little bit on the tangent also because this was things that you and I had talked about one of our past shows was I guess Invicta is doing a show where they're going to have open scoring. Yeah. And I said, how it's going to, and then he's like, Oh, I think it's the best thing. I think that's probably the best thing for the sport. <laughs> and I said, look, this is another reason why people should listen to our podcast. I said, because John has the knowledge to show me. Cause I was the same person. I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. Why are we the only sport that doesn't have open scoring? Yeah. But then in my mind, I did have in the back of my mind, like, there's got to be a reason why. I said, because there's then I, I gave the example was the Trinidad and De La Hoya fight where De La Hoya thought he was up and, you know, yep. he's winning. And then he ran for the next four rounds, ended up losing the yep. fight. Yep. But I said, it, it could work two ways. The guy it can. can. It, it could be 2-2 two, two going in the fifth and both guys could have a fucking barn burner of a fifth round. But most of the time, it's not like that. Most of the time, the guy's up 3-1 or 4-1 going into the fifth. I yep. said, so then I go, then you end up basically with like the guy just sticking and moving and staying away. I go, then you end up with shitty fucking title fights. So you have yeah, to think of what you you're really asking for. You and, know? And, and, it, and that needs to be clarified. That is exactly what can happen. It doesn't mean yep. it will. You can have a fighter that knows I'm up four rounds to nothing and goes out and puts on a dynamic fifth round. That can happen too. That information sometimes will work against what the fans think is going to be good for them. And it can work in the opposite direction. You know, you can go back to, you know, the, the situation where Diego Sanchez was fouled. And he he made it that we talked about it a business decision. But mm -hmm. if a fighter in that situation knows, hey, I'm behind in this situation, and that was, you know, they're saying it's intentional. I know I I'll get a DQ, I'll get a win. Even so, even now when they're not hurt, what are they going to do? Yeah. They're going to use that information to stop a fight that actually could go on. There's just all kinds of things that you have to look at. There's pros and cons to it. No doubt about it. there's some things you look at and you go, that's good. And there's some things you look and you go, that's going to cause you a problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, we had we had a. I was just I was just talking about just the dynamic of our show, and how I've learned a lot just by you and I working together with Bellator as analysts, and learned a lot of you and I just sitting here shooting the shit, and then as well as just being at the bar until you know it closes, you know, and just we talk. we do do we, we do that. Yeah, we do that, you know, and it's like just being there, just talking about drunk. fights, you know, and yeah, it's the and, best. It is, you know, and I feel like we're so blessed to be in the position that we're in to have these conversations that we have. Uh, about the sport that we pretty much have given our lives to at least i you know i've given my life you were you were a, had a whole other life before this because you're so old but it, <laughs> i mean you know <clears throat> i'm almost there so uh you know but it, i feel i feel very i feel like this is we have such a great dynamic that people they it, it's it's grown so big lately especially now with all the comments we see that people are just happy with the the different dynamics that we we present to them so i like I'm that i'm glad they like it because i'm yeah. having fun yeah this is fun let's uh you ready for some q a Absolutely. Let's go. Let's, Let's go, go, Dave. Let's do it. All righty. 
Uh, so Mr. Oh, you had to say it like that. All righty. All righty. <laughs> um, Sir Magnifico asks you guys, now that he officially gave up the belt, do you, do you, do you guys think that Lovato could be used as part of the broadcast breakdown? Uh, to break down grappling in a more approachable way. Ignorance of the grappling aspects of MMA seem to be a real barrier to entry for potential fans. Maybe he can break down a technique in, a, in the back after a fight that ends in submission or is grappling heavy. You know, I, I think that we could use him in the capacity how the UFC used to use Eddie Bravo, you know, where we bring him in or how they're using, what's his name, uh, Trevor Whitman right now? You kind Trevor of Whitman. Is it Trevor Whitman? Is that's who they're using right now? Yeah, they were. They were. They used Eddie Bravo. Used Mark Delagrade, mm-hmm. and now Trevor Whitman is kind of like listening to the corners. It's a different thing than Delagrade was doing. Okay. But uh, yeah, Trevor Whitman's listening to the corners, talking about you know training advice, what's being told, and is that the right information? Which I kind of you know I enjoy it. I think Trevor's doing a good job. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's he kind of helps stir the, the controversy with the, the Diego Sanchez cornering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a great idea. I think especially just to be honest, I think especially for the market that we have in the UK, because the market in the UK is relatively new to watching MMA fights. I mean, we we go there quite a bit because we're really trying to stake our claim there, which I think we're doing a great job of. But I do know for like Channel 5, that's your mom and pop. Like that's basically like your normal CBS at home who don't normally watch it. They're just flipping through the channels like, oh, it's on. Well, okay, let's take a look and see what it is. When the fight hits the ground, they have no idea what's going on. So if you listen to my commentary and my uh, analysis on the fights, I try to say like, hey, so what he's trying to do here is he's trying to put his foot over so he can end up getting to the back and then there's a choke there and I set it up like that. But I also think having someone like Lovato Jr., chime in every once in a while on that you know in positions that he potentially would break down a lot better you know i mean like that might be something you could take into consideration i think especially like um when you have two top world-class grapplers getting after each other i think that'd be a great idea to have them you know uh have him chime in on you know occasionally on there as well and i know there's there's other ways that we've talked about using him i've talked with coker about it and there's definitely other ways they've talked about using him for other things Uh, i think i think that they are going to use him in other ways you know i I know he's going to be one of the bellator ambassadors for the sport because look he represented bellator very well Mm -hmm. he's a classy guy he is good to everyone he's a sweetheart of a person he doesn't have a mean bone in his body really he's just a fantastic brazilian jiu-jitsu stylist that brought that to the mma world and did it beautifully you know, I, I have nothing but praise for Rafael Lovato Jr. But even if they did like vignettes where, you know, he doesn't have to be at the shows, but you can break them down where he breaks down a triangle, breaks down, you know, an armbar. And you could even use his fights that he had in Bellator because he had quite a few different submissions. You know, his the way he did an armbar on Gerald Harris, mm-hmm. you know, and the way he controlled it and brings the leg and crosses the leg over to control the head at a certain moment where Gerald has the, the opportunity to possibly get out and he traps him in it, all of those things. You did a little vignette where he talks about it and that way it can be broken down. Yeah. It's great information for people. I think that's all a good idea. Anything they do with him, I think is a benefit to the sport. It's a benefit to the promotion of Bellator. I agree. Robert Smith asks, Big John, have you ever had a fighter who didn't like you or had a vendetta against you? And did they say why? Josh Thompson after the Patricky fight. Yeah. (laughs) No. Roy Nelson. How's that? That's current though, isn't it? 
What do you mean current? Isn't that current like he doesn't like you now also? No, we talk all the time. Oh, but, okay. You know, it, it's, I, you know, it, I don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, and not everyone's going to like everyone and not everyone's personality is going to get to get along and that's fine. But, you know, I go in and do my job. He goes in and does his job. That's it. Yeah. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. I don't, it's not like, oh, I, I, I take it personal. There's a lot of things that are being done. Let me break this down for you though, because there's problems in MMA with officiating. There's problems in MMA with the way that officials are treated. There's problems with, with the way that things are being done by fighters, managers, other things towards officials that if it was the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, they would be crushed. They would be fined. They would be suspended. All of these things would happen. But in the world of fighting, in the world of MMA, yeah. it kind of helps build a guy up and says gives an excuse for why they lost and things like that. And eventually it's going to bite the sport in the ass. Mm -hmm. Eventually it's going to bite the sport. And, and it's too bad. Uh, it needs to be addressed. It's not. And so... You know, you're going to have that. There's, you know, there's different personalities and, and it's, it's really tough. And this is when it comes into when you have that, you know, the promotions that do the 50, 50 split on pay, you know, when, when a referee is stopping your fight, yeah. he just took half of your pay away. You know, that's a rough one. That's tough. And yeah. a lot of guys, you know, you should have let me die out there. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can do that. You know, it's, but you, you know, it, this is something that's out there that you're going to have, you know, people are always going to be looking and saying, I could have, that doesn't mean that they could have, or they would have, but they're going to be able to say it somewhere along the way. And when they say that you took their money, that's when you're going, well, that's just, you know, you're that's the one that signed on the dotted line. Yeah. I didn't, that's a sport. Yeah. You, you guys have to be impartial. So your job is not to care about whose feelings you hurt. Your job is to do your job. You know, well, and the, you, you learn real early. First, you know, people can say whatever they want, man. I, I, I had, it's like, what did I hear one is there, there's a, there's a writer out there. It's his name, Snowden. Yeah. <laughs> just a whatever. But he comes out, he says, you know, something about, I, there was a thread out there about, you know, people working and, and it was, it was, oh, it was Joe Solis when uh, he had the, the fight that he did that James Krause was fighting. And then it was Later, after the fight comes up, that he was given his black belt by the guy that was the trainer of the fighter that he was judging. Mm. You know, he sh I don't know what occurred there, but if he went to the commission and he said, hey, I want you to know that I have uh, been with, worked with, and received my black belt from the trainer of this fighter, then it's up to the athletic commission. Are we going to leave you on that fight? Or are we going to take you off that fight and put somebody else there? Mm -hmm. the, the smart move is, hey, Take him off of the fight. Yeah. You know, but, you know, Snowden even came, well, you know, go back to John McCarthy. You know, he, you know, he was partners with Horry and Gracie. And I'm like, well, first off, I was never partners with him. So yeah. that's a stupid fucking statement. But you go and you look and you say, did I, was I a student of his? Yes. You know, you're going back to 1993, yeah. 1994. And you're talking about a time when there was no athletic commissions and anything. But if you want to, you know, just be honest about it. Hoist Gracie received his first loss. How? 
Oh. It was me. Okay, because he came into the cage. He was announced. They wanted after after I'm looking at him saying, "Hey, he can't fight." I you know I bring his brother up there and said, "This he can't fight." And he says, "Okay, we'll bring somebody else." Out. I said, "No, you will not take that towel and throw it in there." He lost. Mm. He was announced. Throw the towel. They throw in the towel, and fight's over. There's no fight, and that's how terrible a person I was. <laughs> but it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I and I I figured out early on, you as a fighter, you didn't need John McCarthy to help you win the fight. No. Gil Melendez didn't need me to help him win the fight. You guys were going to settle who was going to win that fight. My job was to make sure that you were capable of competing, that you were safe while doing it, and you were following the rules. Yeah, I do that. I'm doing my job. Yeah, I think fighters need to understand that. Like, I don't have to agree with your decision to like you as a person, and that's where the nope. mistake is. They continue to think like they have to. You guys always have to agree on how I handle how you handle things as a ref. And <clears throat> I, I, I know people probably think that I talk about myself a lot, which I probably do. <laughs> but I want. I just. I try to use my life experiences when I'm trying to help you guys understand what i'm going through like john and i we had a friendship you know somewhat of a just a casual friendship though up until the patricky fight and then even the patricky fight when i went you said i grilled you like perry oh, mason like yeah, perry mason it. but like i didn't have to agree with you but at the end i was like i still liked you you know obviously i mean i don't have any ill feelings toward you i just wanted i wanted to want to make sure that everyone understood my claim on what what i felt like happened you know and i went in there trying to like prove my case or my point to to you and to them and you know and i get it um but i but i don't have to agree with your decision on what you did and or what happened you know that night or that day or whatever and but to like you and that's what people get that they get that all misunderstood like they have to think that, that we have to be buddy buddy all the time to still be friends and i think everything has to go your way yeah especially in this uh climate of you know political correctness and all this other shit that goes around it just it ruins it it kind of you know, ruins a lot of friendships i think that way and it shouldn't be that way so i'm glad that we we um yeah i never i never felt that way it was like every time i say hey what's up you know so yep. that's why i think that's why we're here now you know <laughs> good all right let's next. go let's go uh juan hernandez <laughs> asks nick and nate diaz and bellator how would they do you know you know, here's here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I I don't know about Nick because Nick's been so gone for so long. I don't even know what Nick you'd get. You know, would you get the Nick the Font Anderson? Still was kind of a good Nick, but it wasn't the Nick that we normally see. You know, the yeah. Nick that I remember was the one that fought Paul Daly, the one that fought Frank Shamrock, oh. the one that was like, you know, he was just a fucking world beater. Just I remember, I remember that Nick and just kept walking forward, just throwing strikes. A little bit of what Nate is now. That's kind yeah. of what Nick was then, but that's not the same Nick. I don't think we're not going to get that Nick, but the Nate though, and the both brothers have had problems with wrestlers and the guys that I think that would do well against them are guys like Chandler and, you know, and uh, Patricio because they can both wrestle. Patricio might have a little bit of a harder time because he does like to stand and bang, but he's also shorter, not as long. So is Chandler, but Chandler's also very fast twitch gets in and gets out. So is Patricio. But I think the range, like the the length, is a challenge. A little bit longer arms. You got to get up to the upper. They're they're both either one seventy or you know one eighty five for Nick at the end. But we'll say one seventy. Mm -hmm. I guess Nate can get down to one fifty five still. Yeah. I don't know if he would want to, but you know when you're looking at both of them now, they're one hundred seventy pound welterweight fighters. Gotcha. So if you look at the welterweight division, you know, 
in, in my opinion, I love Nate and Nick. I think mm-hmm. they're just incredible, you know, fighters. I lo- I love them as people. You know, they don't play the game, and that's what mm-hmm. I love about them. Yeah. But um, you know, could they come into Bellator and do well? Absolutely. They're both freaking yeah. just rock hard, fucking tough dudes, and Savages. so yes, they can come in and do well. Are there people there that could give them problems? Yeah, there's people there that can give them problems too, you know, but, you know, Strike Force had a lot of the big stars that ended up, you know, going to the UFC when it was bought out, Nick being one of those. And Nick was the champion of the welterweight division, mm-hmm. you know, and his first fight when he went back to the UFC was against who? Yes, BJ. BJ, oh. BJ Penn. That's right. You know, and, you know, BJ went up to 170 and they put him in, man, take a look at what happened. Nick was a, he's a freaking savage. Man. Yeah. He's just, that dude is balls tough, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I think like I, the weaknesses that they I believe that they have is people that have good lateral movement. You know, you saw it with Carlos Condit. You saw it a little bit with what I did with Nate. Um, but you also have guys that leg kick really well so lima i think gives him a hard time he's got a good sprawl he's got good leg kicks you know he's got power in his hands you know um those kind of that kind of guy and like i said with chandler and with patricio the wrestling the ability you know those kind of those guys i think wrestlers give him a hard time it's been proven you know diego gave nick a hard time you know nate uh nate had some hard times with with some of the wrestlers in the past you know guys that could wrestle have always given him kind of a hard time so I think in that era, and then guys at leg kick, those are the type two guy types of people that give them a hard time. And Bellator yeah. has a couple of those, but I think for sure they would, of course. I think no matter where they go, they're going to be fucking tough, and they're going to give everybody a hard time. And the potential of them being champion, of course, at any organization, I think is there. When they're fifty years old, they're still going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> next, um, you literally caught me as I was screenshotting a question. <laughs> sure you were sure um, on the porn uh, site right now <laughs> like, well um so there's a couple of questions that are the same thing here there's a few of them on here so i'm gonna just get um get them all out on from the the same guy but skip uh skippy picky asks hello guys appreciate all you do i would like to become a mma referee i just moved to california i've tried calling the seaside with no response where should i look to start my day one of training uh, i've taken some bjj classes and learned some stuff in the military but i obviously have a long ways to go and another guy mokodo asks similar thing but from the uk they're asking how to start becoming officials yep look at well, one's, uh, one's in california one's in the uk okay if you're in the uk uh i would tell you to look for mark goddard he's got courses with imaf that is the uh, International Mixed Martial Arts Federation, and he puts on courses for the officials for IMAF, which basically covers most of the amateur programs in Europe and uh, puts on amateur uh, world championships and stuff. So that's your perfect place to start learning and to start uh, actually becoming part of the officiating core through IMAF, and Mark Goddard would be the guy to train you Unless, and this is the guy for the California, you wanted to come out like I have in uh, July. I got the command course that we're teaching, and that would be the start, especially if you're the guy in California. If in California, you're going to have to be able to pass that 
to be even given your name to what is called CAMO, which is the California Amateur Mixed Martial Arts Organization that does amateur uh, MMA in the state of California. They govern all of it. You've got to pass either my course or Herb Dean's course to have your name put in there. And then they will start taking you and putting you into situations as an inspector and then moving you on to slowly uh, making you an official through refereeing. You do enough fights with them, which is into, I think, that, uh, the one, 200 fights. Uh, you do that. Then you can, if you've uh, gotten a uh, basic evaluation that they say that you're doing everything right, then you can apply to the California State Athletic Commission. So you're looking at, you know, a process of quite a few years to get through it, but it's the right way to do it. Next question. Um, Joseph uh, 92 asks, if Weili Zhang beats Joanna, should she fight Valentina next uh, or the winner between Rose and Jessica? I think she should fight the winner between Rose and Jessica. I think that Jessica was the champion. I think she had a bad showing. I think that, uh, you know, sometimes the, the hardest part of fighting is that, you know, you don't get to do it the next day. You don't get to do it the next week unless you're Travis Fulton. And that's what you did. <laughs> Jer Jeremy, Horn. Oh, Jeremy Horn and Travis Fulton. Travis, Travis puts Jeremy to shame. I mean, and Jeremy was great, but Travis, uh, Travis Fulton has had over 400 professional fights. Okay. Figure, figure that. Yes. Oh my God. I actually, I actually, I actually did one of Travis's boxing, uh, uh, fights a couple of years ago, I think in Kansas, but you know, you, if you have, you know, you don't have this ability to just all of a sudden have a bad night and then come back the next night like, you know, uh, a Michael Jordan and make it all good because you have a good night now. You've got to wait and you wait and wait. And finally, we'll say three months later, if it's fast, you'll get to try to show people again how good you are and have a good night. Sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's a year. And so it's very tough when you're someone that has that bad night like Andrade had against Whaley. Um, but she's a great fighter and she deserves an opportunity. If she beats Rose, you know, she deserves an opportunity at that title again. I think Rose, if she beats Andrade, who she lost to, I think that she deserves a chance at that title also. She held on to it. She was the champion. She didn't get a repeat on it, and she then works her way back by beating the person that took her championship. I think she deserves a uh, shot at the title. I don't think that – I honestly don't think that Wei Li should be taking on Valentina no. at this time. I don't think that's a good idea for her career. I don't think it's a good idea – at this time, I'm not saying later on down the road, you know, she's been improving and if she continues, do it. But you've got a lot of people in your division to fight, fight those people. I think for any female uh, that is not a man of the internet, I don't think it's good for your career to fight Valentina. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just don't think and it's even, good. And even if you're a man of Nunez, you yeah. know, those were very close. You know, yeah, she's good. Valentina, technically, man, she's so good. Yeah, she needs to be considered in like I, I was. We had this talk last week, and she needs to be considered in I think number three or four in that pound for pound list. She needs to be right up there. I don't understand yeah. why she's not. Um, uh, look, I think uh, Rose and Andrade. Yes, the winner should fight Willie. Uh, 
I think with I, I gotta tell you, I don't I don't I don't see I, I think her confidence. I was watching her open workout today. God, she's fast. Like <laughs> she's normally, good. yeah. Normally, it's uh, Joanna's like the fast one, and she's got the good jab. And I, but this girl is good, and she puts her combinations. Now I know it's the mitts, and I know like yeah. to quote Allen Iverson, we're talking about practice. I get it, I understand. But you know, it's this is these are things that I, I'm like, man, she puts her combinations together well. And then when I watched her fight Andrade, like the knee to the elbow to the elbow to the knee, like she did it. I was like, oh gosh. And there's a lot of power and a lot of power behind everything she throws. Yeah, she's now, strong. Yeah, and so. I said, if that girl shows that continues to show up on a regular basis, she's going to be really hard to deal with. I mean, for any of them. I mean, I, for me, I'm a big Rose fan. And I think she has all the abilities to beat all of them. She's already beat Joanna. I think, you know, I think when she gets past Andrade, it would only make sense for her to fight Wei Li. But I think that's still going to be, that's another fight where she had a hard time with Andrade. It's a, basically a duplicate type fight with Wei Li, like a very similar, except Wei Li's got better stand up. You know, I think a little. I think just a cleaner, crisper style stand up. I think than than Andrade. Andrade's that bully that goes around, you know, and tries to force push you into places where Willie, like sheer, she just but she's letting the combinations go when she's putting the putting the pressure on you. It's very impressive. I was very impressed with her open workout. I was impressed with uh, her, some of her performance. Yeah, I think she needs to stay at one twenty five. Or I mean, she needs to stay 115. at one fifteen uh, yeah. before she tries to go to one twenty five. You know, yep. a couple, there's plenty of people for her to fight. Next. White Buffalo asks, if either, who do you think loses their undefeated record first, Adesanya or Khabib? Adesanya. <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? Well, here's the thing. I, I don't think anybody at 155 can beat him. Now, if he stays at 55, I think he stays he stays undefeated. If he goes to one, if he goes to 170 or he does a 65 catch weight with GSP, which then I can see potentially some problems. You know, like you start putting him against, I, I, I mean, like Colby. I mean, he's Usman has already said he's not going to fight him. But you put him against guys like well, Colby with the wrestling, and like I still think he beats Colby though. I think he beats Colby. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I and I'm not being a homer. I swear, <laughs> I'm not being a you homer. You're going to be called a homer. I know. I know. I just gonna, I'm going to get lit up in the comments. I'm not being a homer. I just want you guys to understand he is really that good. And I, he's, well, he's shown that, that he's it, got here's, good. Here's the difference. And this is what people, when you work out with that person, yeah. and, and, I, and you know, I used to work out with a lot of guys and stuff, and there's certain people you go, God damn, you're good at that. Yeah. I mean, they're just, there's something about the way they can do it that no one else does it and catches you the way they can catch you. And since you've worked out with him as much as you, you know, how good he is and you know mm -hmm. how good you were and so that's what's telling you dude no one's being <laughs> and yeah. it's, so it, it's not you know i understand it's not a homer thing and it's i do think that you know there are people out there that can give khabib trouble but there's people that can give adesanya trouble mm -hmm. you know and he's going to be fighting a guy that can give him trouble yeah. you know next week so when you sit there and you say who's gonna lose their you know their uh their old first they're fighting this weekend this weekend i'm yeah. sorry yeah yeah um who's gonna who's gonna lose their o their o first well you look and you go well khabib has put his record on the line a lot more than adesanya adesanya's mm -hmm. record is a good record but it's not 28 no yeah and uh 
I would say that, you know, if just looking at both guys being champions are fighting the very best guys they can fight. Yeah. The next fight that Khabib has, he's fighting the best guy. And if you, you know, and if he beats Tony, he's going to be fighting the next best guy. And if he beats that person, he's going to be fighting the next best guy. And, but it's the same for Adesanya. So eventually someone's going to solve the riddle. Eventually yeah. one of them will make the mistake that they can't pull themselves out of. That, that's going to happen. That's just, there's too many ways to lose in MMA. You make that mistake that puts you in that position and you have someone that is that good enough to, to capitalize on it. They can put you out of the fight. So I would say probably Adesanya if I was looking at it, but you know, it could happen to either one. I, I, honestly, this is <clears throat> this is me being a hundred percent honest with everybody at home listening and what, like is Tony is the biggest threat to him. I think also in the hundred and seventy five pound division, Tony's the biggest threat because Tony has things that not just his elbows, but he has he has different ways of hitting attacks that you, we don't normally see in normal gyms. You know, whether it's his Dars, whether it's Anaconda, whether it's his guillotine, whether it's his trial, however he said he does things from different angles and different scenarios, different positions that people don't do in normal gyms. Okay. Um, there was a meme that someone had sent me and it's, there's this cruise ship going across to the back and there's, there's a, a guy on a, on a surfboard, surfboard with an umbrella and it says, guy it says in the back with the cruise ship how everyone else trills how everyone else has training camp for a fight and then is this is this is how tony ferguson trains for his fight a fucking umbrella and a fucking surfboard in the middle of the ocean that was me to send you that yeah okay well whatever uh, uh, that's good minute stuff no one cares about that <laughs> it was like <laughs> but the, you know it, he he i think he is probably the biggest threat for khabib in the 170 and in the 155 pound division i think in both divisions i can't think of another guy at 170 that would give Khabib a hard time. I think Khabib would out-wrestle, and T. Wood's my boy. I think he would out-wrestle T. Wood. He would put the pressure. He would put the pace on T. Wood to the point we've seen T. Wood slow down as the fight goes on. You know, um, Colby, I think he was just, he would keep the fight on the feet. He would be able to stop Colby's takedowns, and he would outstrike him. Colby doesn't have enough power on the feet. Uh, Usman, I think, would probably be more of the more of the threat, but they have the same manager, and they they work together. and they That's do, not going to work. That's not going to happen. It won't happen, man. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of talk of Justin Gaethje. I think there's a little bit of a threat there, but it's not the type of threat that Tony Ferguson brings. You know, so if I'm going to tip my hat to anyone, it'll be Tony Ferguson. You know, I think he's the one that gives that brings the most threat to him. So I think outside of that fight, I don't see anybody else beating him. You know, I mean, GSP obviously is is a fan favorite fight, um, but him being out for so long, I really don't know if he can beat him. And if it's at 55, I definitely don't think so because GSP will not be the same guy he was at 170. No, I, That's I don't thing. think I don't think GSP should try to go to 155. No. I think if, he'd be crazy. If they're going to do a catch weight at 65 for a fun fight, just as a legacy fight, I think that'd be like a BMF title type thing, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think whatever. It, it would it would definitely put some fucking some uh, pay-per-view buy money down on that. You know what I mean? People would end up buying that in the truckloads. Oh um, God, I wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. So it's um outside outside of that, I don't think anyone else beats him. Izzy though, he's got his hands full. He's got his hands full with uh, Yoel. He's got his hands full with uh, Paul Acosta. He's got his hands full with those guys. 
and I want to talk, I want to talk, not right now, we'll get some more fan questions in, but I want to talk about the two fights that were announced today, and then I want to talk about the Izzy and Romero fight a little bit, because I had watched some some tape on them, so we'll finish it with just a quick little 10 minutes of venting on the three fights that got announced, or that are fighting coming up. Yeah, not venting, just some things, some fighter breakdown that I saw a little bit that I'd like to kind of bring up, and just, was I was watching from the 24-7 last night that I watched of that and the open workouts and all of their stuff. So anyways, uh, that's my take. I think Izzy's O goes first over Khabib. Uh, but I also want people to understand that it's a lot harder. And I, I this this is me being a homer now, not for Khabib, but it's a lot harder to keep the, to keep the title at 155 because there's a lot better fighters there than there is in any other division. So uh, he's got, wow. Izzy's got his hands full with top guys. Joel Romero is fucking nasty good. Uh, you know, and you have um, Whit- Whitaker and Paulo and you've got those guys. They're very good, you know, but beyond those three guys, you start getting a little kind of hazy. It starts kind of getting a little diluted. You know, Jacare's there. I mean, you got Weidman. I think he's going back down. Weidman's going back down. Yeah, but he's not the same guy he was when he was the champion. Jacare's also not the same guy he was when he was making his run. But they're still very good and very dangerous. 55 is stacked. No matter where you go, there's always good. There's a good guy. Number 15 fucking could be the champion if he... You know, probably in any other organization. You know what I mean? Like, that's how good these guys are. You know, in yep. every, in 55, it's just a stack weight class. So that's the only reason why I think that um, it's a little harder to keep that O at the 155 pound division than it is at 185. That's me being a homer, you guys. But not I for- will agree with you on that. Though. Okay. There you go. See, now I'm not a homer anymore. He's a homer too no, then. No. <laughs> just a glutton of great athletes at 155 pounds. The bigger guys get, the less there is as far as top guys talent. at the very top. Yeah, because they're playing football and ba- yeah. baseball and basketball and all these yeah. other sports that are, you know, that make a ton of money. Uh, next question. <clears throat> R.H. Rocky asks, Hello, guys. Love the show. Joe Rogan always says we need more judges, but I think the quality of judges is more important. What do you guys think? I mean, realistically, we, we've had this conversation lately. I don't... Sure, we need more quality judges. Sure, but I think we have enough. I it's think, just, what, but what, he, but what the, he's saying is, is it the amount of judges that's going to make the difference, or the quality of the judges that makes the difference? And cool. that's simple. It's the quality of the judges. If your judges are people that understand the sport, are you know, doing these things to make themselves better all the time, which the top judges are, you know, they just, you know, in fact, came out with a list, hey, and and did a whole thing where it's showing, you know, the scores of these guys and where they fit. You know, it's pretty simple to see who's the best judges out there. You can see it by stats. And if you are the UFC or if you're Bellator, those are the guys that in especially in your championship fights you want sitting in those seats now obviously for all your fights they can't sit in the seats because you you do lose concentration it gets tiring watching mm-hmm. fights and concentrating on it so you want to give those guys a break in there and you got to have other people that are working their way towards being as good as those guys but there's no doubt the quality of the judges you could take five people that are average and you could still get a shit score. Okay. Because they're not able to 
understand what they're looking at or they're not able to take that criteria and fit it into the fight they just watched while the people that are quality can do it and do it well. So pretty simple. Yeah, it would always be quality over quantity. And that's yep. kind of, it should always be that. Um, I, th I think, do you run into the same problem like that? What were they talking about? The NFL refs, they don't, they're not, they're not full-time job refs. They just come in on the weekend and they call the, they, they, they're, they do a football game. So right. when people get on them about missing a, a pass interference or whatever, it's like, okay, well he goes still back to his nine to five on Monday through Friday. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, this isn't, he's not dedicated to being a ref. He just does it because he loves it. And sure, obviously they get paid well, I would imagine as the NFL ref for that one game, but they're, they're not in the study room all week. Like the players are and like the coaches are, you know, refining their craft and a little bit, the same goes for, you know, uh, MMA judges. They, they go sure. to their nine to five, you know, and they go do their thing throughout the week. They come and they got to refocus on what the rules are and what's going on and what state they're in. And, I think we've developed this universal, uh, you know, rule system again now, right? Supposedly, it's in all states now. The same rules: one hand down, one. Oh, know? don't we wish? Okay, no. So no. All right. So then you see, there we go again. Don't we wish? Uh, you know. So we're. These are all things that it changes from state to state, and these guys are trying to get it all figured out. And so in the process of them getting it figured out, they they're bound to make mistakes. Just the, you got to get more people involved. And the way you get more people involved is pay them a little bit more and. A thousand bucks or eight hundred bucks, a, a, you know, a fight or or a night or whatever it is a they're fight? paying a fight, a night, <laughs> a night. They're only making yeah, like you know these refs are only making what I, I, I'm sure it changes based on who you are sure. and how many how much experience no. you have. Does no, not does change. Not? Does not change based upon who you are or your experience. No, it does not. Oh, okay. It, it will be that you know it, you can go and work and you can be, you know, a guy that does all the big fights. And if you go to a small show in a state and you do it, you're going to make 250 to $500, depending upon, you know, what, how many tickets are sold and things like that. Cause that's the way a lot of commissions will do it. You know, you can, I've seen it where guys go to states where, you know, they do a, uh, you know, they'll do a Bellator and they get paid $400. Now that's not Bellator that's doing that to them. It's the athletic commission is doing that. That's what they're charging. Wow. You know, so you're right. Athletic commissions have to start making it more to where guys can do this and yeah. put more time into it also. Yep. Next question. Boston Chris asks, Josh, from your experience with both fighters, who do you think is the better cardio stamina between Khabib and Tony? Uh, Khabib and Tony. Uh, different. Come on, dude. You know, I think they're going to be it's all a, about honesty. Yeah, no, they're going <laughs> to. My, my honest opinion is they're going to be about equal because no. you don't think so. No, I don't. No, so I, the reason why I think it's going to be the reason why I think it's going to be a little equal. Tony's not someone who fights the takedown, so it's not like Khabib needs to work for it. So that no. makes it a little bit easier for him, but he will be fighting out of submission attempts. You know, he will yes, be he will. he will be jockeying for positions. He will be trying to hide his head from being you know hit with elbows. So there will be some pressure there. Um, but I, I don't, th th there's not, there's not going to be as much effort as some of these guys, they fight tooth and nail to try to stop the takedown against the fence and they use all their energy. And then once Khabib gets on top of you, they're already winded. Khabib's, yep. uh, uh, Tony's not going to do that. And so no, he won't do that. But if you're taking a look at who is the guy that if this pace stays at this level, mm -hmm. 
who's going to fall off of the cliff first? Is it going to be Khabib falling off of the cliff or is it going to be Tony falling off of the cliff? I don't know. And well, it's, it's I've close. Seen, I think it's me. Close. It, it, oh, I'm not saying Khabib is out. Like, yeah. Khabib is in outstanding condition mm -hmm. and he definitely can hold a pace. But I, you, you know, because you've seen it, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen when he backs off because he needs to slow himself down mm -hmm. because he's getting tired. Yeah, you don't see that much from Tony. Tony is constantly pushing a pace. He will put, and sometimes it's almost to his detriment as he's doing yeah. it. But man, he will push a pace like just about nobody I have ever seen, and his recovery is phenomenal and mm -hmm. and everything about being in shape is not so much that you know you're gonna get winded i don't care who you are if you're putting a a, a heavy you know output and a, and there's a max load on you you're gonna get tired mm -hmm. but it's when you're given that 10 seconds where nothing's happening your heart rate is dropping 30 beats while your opponents is dropping 15 mm -hmm. that's your differences and that's where I haven't seen many people that I would say has better cardio than than Tony Ferguson going into a fight. So I want to make sure that everyone understands this, that John right now is being a homer because Tony <laughs> used to work out at John's gym. Uh, and I want everyone to remember this, okay? So uh, Tony, so John is being a homer in this case. I had said the honest to God truth, and I said, I don't know. I couldn't tell you, even though I fought both guys. Close. But I will say this. I could see why you would think that because Khabib does, he, is, he used a lot of explosiveness to actually get in on the double legs, to get in on the takedowns. He, he like, you know how he kind of like, how he dropped uh, Connor. He lunges yeah. his head down and he comes up top really fast and explosive. Tony doesn't do that. He constantly is just walking you down, letting things come out. And that yep. putting that's putting that puts the pressure on you to circle, move, stay away, counter. Like those are the all pressure things makes that, you work. That makes you work, you know, and um that makes you a little bit more tired faster if you're not the one doing the grinding. If you're the one pushing people around, which Khabib normally is. That makes things change. That that makes it makes it a little bit easier for you to keep your win because you're the one just walking them down. There's no yeah. pressure for you. You're putting the pressure. When the person have when you if Khabib has to react to it, I don't know. It, it may be a scenario where he's not used to handling that type of pressure where someone's just walking him down. And you know, you never know. He may, he may. But I don't. I don't know, man. I just think I see how mentally tough he is. And oh, people, he is. People want to look at the Connor fight like, oh, he took the fourth, what, third round, third, third round third off. Round. That he took the third round off. I'm like, you got to also understand though, too, is that he fought with a lot of like a lot of anger in that fight. Like there was a lot of I think inside of him. I wouldn't say, yeah, I was angry. Like, no, there was, was a little anger. bit of like this. I want to get him. Want to get him. When, when you're jumping over yeah. a fence after the fight yeah. to attack other people, there's anger involved. You know, and so <laughs> when when something like that happens, anytime I've ever fought a little upset, it was like my worst performances. Even in, the, even in the gym, just grappling. Yeah. You know, amateurs kicking my ass because you're just like your mind is not there. You're wasting energy in dumb spots. You're making yep. yourself more tired in dumb spots. And I, him and Tony will not have that type of relationship that like him and Connor had. So I no. don't see him wasting energy in, in positions like that. But I do. And I also don't think he's going to have to waste energy to get the takedowns because Tony will. I don't think he'll fight him all that much. He just understands like, why would I fight it when I could just roll with it and potentially get to an Uma Plata or potentially get to a to a triangle, potentially roll into a Kimura. You know what I mean? Like he 
he understands the flow of like if I get taken down this way, I'll just roll right to this. I'll, you know, he does that very well, yep. and uh, it completely threw me off when I fought him. So that when you fight that relaxed, it's very hard for you to get tired as long as you're in shape. You know, because you're you're not really recovering from anything. You're just flowing like water. That whole Bruce Lee mentality. Um, you know. But I'm still not going to say Tony. I'm still just going to say a very even kill. And I'm not being a homer like you no, are, it, like you. It, like, like they're you. both. They're both, both phenomenal shit. outstanding when it comes to being able to have great cardio for a fight. I'm just being honest. Yeah. I can't think of a fighter that pushes a pace harder and creates a drag on their opponent through cardio much more than Tony. Yeah. There, you know, there's a couple guys out there that, that do the same thing. But Tony is, man, he is just a machine when it comes to cardio. Yeah, I prided myself on being able to like try to like work, make people work and work and try and break them and just push and push and push. And I did it to a lot of guys. I did it for, for a lot of years. I did it to a lot of guys. And, uh, you know, I did it to Gil, our very first fight. He just couldn't keep the pace, you know. And that was one thing I told myself that I would always be able to do. And when I got to Tony, I was like, this is different. You know, this is, this is a different type of relaxation that I haven't faced in, you know, probably my whole career. And it was very strange to me. Um, yeah. you know, not just to mention he was very good, you know, I, but he just, he just had that flowing that everything just kind of came naturally to him where he just threw things off of weird balances and weird positions that you, you wouldn't normally see guys doing. And, uh, and he's made it work for himself and yeah, you're right. He is in phenomenal shape. He is, um, you know, I, so I still can't say who's going to, Get tired first. <laughs> Unlike you, Homer. Uh, yeah, me, Homer. <laughs> next question. The Crispy 64 asks, if you could choose a Bellator super fight between Machida versus Lima or Bader versus Musashi, what fight interests you guys the most? Uh, one of these scenarios can happen depending on Musashi versus Lima result. I don't really want to see Lima and Machida at all. That doesn't strike me as a, a super fight at all. It's a superly bad fight. <laughs> this is what I would look at. That doesn't excite me at all. Um, the Gegard fight and Lima fight, I think it's appealing to me a little bit, but I do get nervous for for Lima because I, I don't see it going his way. And as much as I'm a big Lima fan, Gegard's just a, just a different level of nastiness. The Bader fight does... That's a good one. Uh, I was yes. kind of liking that one. Gegard and ba Bader really would, makes for a good at fight. At light heavyweight, I would love to see that. Yeah, I would like to see that fight as well. To me, I, I, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd pay my pay-per-view money for that fight. Yeah. Next. Um, Reznor440 asks, do you think Kevin Lee has the potential to be champion one day? I've said this from the beginning. <laughs> I think he does. I think he has all the, he has all the intangibles. I mean, realistically it's just i think once robert follis died his track got thrown off a little bit and and um i think just the way it all happened you know you know robert um being his his coach his mentor someone he looked up to someone he trusted in his corner it's hard to find those people you don't just go to the next gym and be like all right yeah i believe in you now you're my guy it doesn't work like that no. you know it doesn't work that way you need to believe in the fact that they they believe in you not just believe in you but they care for you enough to say hey Deontay Wilder you're fucking losing throw the towel in let's move on to the next one let's regroup i care for you you know it's these are the those are that's what you want your corner to do and i think kevin lee now has that corner he has that person in uh, for us and i think that it'll continue i think he'll continue to grow and i think he couldn't have gone to a better place i mean realistically 
you have one of the bi- the best minds in the sport. And then not only that, but you've got Roy McDonald, you've got GSP comes and goes, I believe, in that gym still is what they continue yep. to say. Training all just, the time. And he's just a walking book of knowledge. And uh, I think he couldn't have been surrounded by more mentally strong and more driven and goal-focused people than Rory and 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 uh, GSP and Faraz. I mean, like, you couldn't ask for better guys. I think he's perfect. I think it's a perfect scenario. Yes, to answer your question, I do believe he could potentially be world champion. But like I said, it's the toughest division in the world. 155 pounds, toughest division in the world. It's going to be hard for him to get there no matter who it is. And um, the one fight that everyone keeps talking about is him and Islam. And I can tell you right now, that Islam is that guy that is looking to take over the throne when Khabib leaves. We're going to talk about Islam in a little bit here. All right. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me what you got. I th- I think, Kevin, certain things guys need, you know, in, in today's world of MMA, <clears throat> Kevin's got it all. He's got really good wrestling, a lot better wrestling than people realize. All right. His, he is fast. He's super athletic. He's strong as hell. And he hits like a truck when he hits people. And so he has all the ability to be in that upper echelon. The question is, can he mentally get past those demons that have been placed upon him at times? And like you're talking about with Fallis, you know, that have basically brought him backwards. You know, he had, he had reached a certain point and he got drugged backwards because of situations that had occurred. He's got to get past all that stuff, but he has all the potential in the world to be a world champion. It just takes the right right opponent at the right time, right day. He can beat anybody. Mm. He's he's that he's that talented. But you know, is he going to do it? I don't know. You know, I really don't. But I do think, like you, I think he's in a good place now to try. And you know, his fight against. People don't give him credit for this last fight, and they don't give him credit for that Greg Gregor Gillespie fight. And man, Gregor is good, crazy good. You know, he has freaking mauled everybody. You know, and uh, he, I thought Kevin fought a specific style to keep pressure on Gregor in a way, and. They had made a plan of they saw a little bit of flaw in some of the things that Gregor did, and they set him up. They set him up for that time, and when the opportunity came, Kevin, boom, he implemented, brought that kick up. That was all planned for and practiced in the gym. And when you can do those things like he did in that fight, on any given night, you can beat anyone. Yeah, I agree. Next. Desmond asks, uh, what do you think of Max Holloway versus Nate Diaz at 155? Uh, I don't think Nate's going to go to 55 anymore. I think he's going to stay. He'll just continue to be who he is. He'll fight wherever the fuck he wants. He doesn't (laughs) care. I think he'll stay at 170. He'll just pick and choose the fights he wants, and he'll just continue to do what he does. It's worked for him this far, and he continues to make a fucking buttload of money. Might as well continue doing it. Why go back down to fifty five when you don't need to? You call the shots. You're you've proven you're the you're the needle mover. All for those years, they oh they don't move the needle. Shut up. They move the damn needle. Shut up. <laughs> they always up. move the needle, man. They always, man. They're both proved those, long ago. Both those brothers, man. They're fucking needle movers. Nate, yep. you know he's 
probably the one of the, if not the biggest. I mean, Connor's I think bigger still, but like he's a needle mover, man. He's a huge needle mover. I, Absolutely. I, I don't I have no desire to see that fight, to be honest. Well, I I think everything is made up into styles make fights. What is it that makes Max Holloway successful? When you watch him, what is it? What is it when you when you watch him? What is he doing when he's doing really well in a fight? I think a little bit of the pressure, but he also utilizes his his movement. He cuts the corner very well. Very well. He strikes and cuts the corner. He got away from that a couple fights. I can't remember what fight it was. He got away from I think it was when he first came back from an injury. And he didn't have that same rhythm in that cutting the corner. And but then the next fight he did. So but I think he's, you know, I think he's good, man. Max he's is, Max good. Max is a pressure fighter. Yeah. He's great with you watch him against like Frankie Edgar. When Frankie would actually all of a sudden be able to move forward, Frankie was doing okay. And then Max would start putting the pressure on making Frankie back up. And it just, man, the, the world started getting very difficult for Frankie. Yep. And that's the one thing that would make fighting Nate difficult for Max is Nate doesn't back off. Yeah. Nate comes forward. Nate is a pressure fighter. And so Max would have to do exactly what you're talking about. Use his footwork to cut angles on Nate, get Nate off center line. That's when he hits, and he could be successful in that fight. But that'd be a tough fight for him. Yeah. If I want to compare, like, Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz, like, Nate, I think, with Max, like, Max had a hard time with Dustin Poirier. Nate's a bigger, bigger guy. He's a big, Nate's big Nate's big. Guy. People he, have no idea how big he is. They don't know how he big he is. Yeah. He's, what is he, 6'2"? You know, yeah, he's, six one six, at least. One, six, six, one, six, two, somewhere in there. He's a big long guy. Long arms. Yep. Long arms. He's got the pace. You know, like it's just it's not a good fight for Max. Max he had a hard time at fifty five. And now remember, he's not gonna fight him at fifty five. There's no reason for him to go down and fight Max at fifty five when he can stay at seventy and call the shots and make millions. It's better <laughs> for him to stay at, at wherever good for he Nate. better for him to make his own calls. Next good. one. Uh thoughts on AJ McKee and the torn um Shit, what did he tell again? In the tournament? Yeah, and being out of the tournament. Being in the tournament? Out of the tournament. He, uh, He's not out of the tournament. Yeah, didn't he just, didn't um, I, the report just came out that he tore something today? I'm trying to. What? Oh, I didn't wow. hear about it. I didn't hear yeah. about it either. I, I just saw Possible. the question, but I lost it. Hold on, I'm going to pull up for you guys right now. You know what? You're, you're scaring the shit out of me now. Talk to me, Goose. Yeah, I'm, you're making me really <laughs> nervous. I'm looking it up right now. Knee injury jeopardizes AJ McKee's spot in Bellator Featherweight Grand Prix. Uh, torn LCL. Nah. Out. He won't be out. No, I don't think so. I don't if think it's so. torn, huh? Mm. Uh, we'll see. I'll so make you figure he's supposed what... to face Darren Caldwell in the semifinals of the bracket, but a date has not yeah, been determined. And you got to figure when that is down the road. Maybe June? June 6th. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm that th card, yeah. I think they were talking about doing it, that card. I don't know if that's announced yet. So, well, Caldwell and AJ is announced because they're in the yeah. semifinals. But of course, the, yeah. the, the location and date is not announced. But yeah, if if AJ has a bad knee where he has no lateral movement based upon a torn LCL, yeah. he'd be in trouble. Yeah. So I could understand them, you know, saying, "Hey, we we got to drop out if that's what he's got." We'll see. Question is, who takes his place? Oh, you know what? That's a tough one because the guy that I would say, man, man that's a tough one. 
Uh, you know, I, I want to say Adam Borch, but yeah. he just faced Caldwell. And so I don't think that would be good to put Caldwell back in with Adam Borch. Yeah, that's not fair either. No. <clears throat> so I'd have to look in. Someone saying Juan Archuleta would be the right call. Yeah. Yeah, might be. Might Juan be. Archuleta against Caldwell, that would probably be a good call. since, Especially since Juan... You know, he had his fight with Henry. wasn't a great fight for either one of them, but he got the uh, the decision. So I would say that Juan Archuleta would be the best call. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't, <laughs> tell, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but yeah, I would say, well, you know, I wouldn't mind throwing something else up in that mix. You know, let's throw Patchy Mix in there. I know it's no, about forty-five. That's a bantamweight. Yeah, he's a bantamweight, but. I, I mean that that him and Darren Call would be a good fight because he don't want to go to the ground with Darren. Well, Darren don't want to go to the ground with him. Well, the one the one that I would you know I know some people are going to bring up. You, know, you can put Aaron Pico. Don't do that. No, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Aaron taking his time. Yep, making doing things like he did in his last fight. That yep. would be great. Just continue on. Yep. So. All right, let's do one more. Let's do one more, and then I want to talk about the fights that were announced today and then the easy okay. breakdown. I have a couple of little things that I saw. Go ahead. Uh, Dan Hill asks, over the, your whole lives, what one fighter did you always get most excited for? Oh, it was easy for me. Uh, Go ahead. B- BJ Penn. I, you know, it was easy for me because that was the We were training together at the time. I knew how good he was. Um yeah, it was him. Like he, the way he was when he came into the UFC, uh, his fight with Joey Gilbert wasn't wasn't the best, but he dominated the fight. Like, you know, just controlled every position. But then after that, he just went on a run and just starched everybody, you know, until he got the Jens Pulver, you know. And then uh, that was a little snag in the road. But then after that, you know, he came back, beat Matt Hughes, went off and fought Gomi, all these other things, and was started his own promotion. I was more in, I I was more in all of the situation of the fact that he did it his way. Maybe it didn't work out the way that he always thought it would, but at the end of the day, right, he had the fucking balls after beating Matt Hughes just to fucking bounce and leave with the title and start his own promotion, bring in the Gracies and beat all of them, and then bring in Takanori Gomi and beat them. Like, it beat him. Like, it was... Like to have the fucking balls to do that, like ah oh, fuck that, I'm gonna start my own show. <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know, and I'm gonna bring in big names. I'm gonna bring in who everyone like. There was buzz that Gomi was like the best lightweight in the world, and UFC never had a chance to get him. So he fucking paid for him to come fight him. Like that's insane. Like y'all, let me pay this guy's ticket, his airfare, his paycheck, his check, and everything, and I'll pay to fight him in my own promotion. That's fucking ballsy. And just after that, I was like, I was an, I was, I was a, not just because we were friends, but I was a fan. I was like, this is, you're doing something that every, I think every person in their life, it's like starting your own, he was starting his own business, doing his own, his brother was his manager, you know, Rich Chow was his kind of like a side man. Like they were both managing him, helping with the promotion. I mean, it grew in where the Elite XE bought it, like all this shit. That's how much of an impact this guy's had on the sport. And I look at like guys like that, you know, GSP as well. You know, I got excited for always watching him. But BJ, because I had a relationship with him, I trained with him. I knew how good he was. I, I from the very beginning, his first fight, we were training together. You know, and I, and here's a little inside story. I used to tell Javier Mendez because I was considered like I was basically the the second best guy in the gym, but I I thought I was the first. 
I thought I was the best guy in the gym because I never trained with BJ. BJ always trained in the afternoon with Frank Shamrock and Javier. And I always trained at night with like the guys that came in, you know, for Frank Shamrock's, you know, fight team because we were all there at AK. And I kept saying, because I was just, you know, I was beating Ryan Bowe. I was beating Charles Taylor. I was beating Dave Velasquez. I was subbing them and working them and, and all these other things, right? BJ, BJ's this, BJ's that. I was like, BJ's not that good. Like you guys, whatever. These, no way, man. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he'll, he'll control it. Like whatever, man. It's funny. I'm here every night. I never see him. One day he came and fuck, he beat the shit out of me. It was fucking embarrassing. He took me down. Once he took me down, I couldn't get away. He subbed me like fucking maybe four or five times in, I don't know, eight, nine minutes. Something like that. It was, it was not. It was not fun for me, you know? And so, I mean, it was, it was a very eye-opening experience. Like, Hey, I can't just do this at night. Now, after I get off my nine to five, I need to start dedicating time to this. And I quit my job and started training in the afternoon with, you know, with Javier and the mitt work and training with all the other fighters that were there that were dedicated to it. I was a, a part-time guy and I was, you know, I was like, Hey, if I ever want to get to the big show, I got to just give it all up and just quit my nine to five. That's that to me was BJ. What about you? Never had one. I'm just being on now, man. Well, you're right. You got to be exactly, be, and yeah. and that was that was my mindset. And so when you sit there and say, "Look, I, I've had good relationships with a lot of people," yeah, you know, and I can tell you that I got really excited when certain people came to the UFC, and I was going to be able to referee them because I enjoyed watching them fight. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know when Anderson came, you know when when Randy Couture came, I, I had watched Randy wrestle for years. You know, and, was, and they, they said, you know, you know, you know who Randy Couture is? Yeah, dude, wrestled Oklahoma State, wrestled for the Army. Really, you go, well, we got him. He's going to he's gonna be fighting. No shit. That's awesome, yeah. right? And this, so all of them, you know, there's there's been that that time that, you know, Vitor Belfort back at UFC 12. You know, I was, I knew of, I knew about him. Uh, I talked to Carlson about him, things. And so, watching him and how he exploded for a while but then you know how things you know changed for him Fedor Emelianenko was special and I always loved watching him fight just because of the way he did it the way that he presented himself he you know you talk about what fighters do today and you, know, you look at the Colby Covingtons and the Conor McGregor's and mm -hmm. the, the guys that are outlandish here's a guy that everyone wanted to watch he didn't make it he didn't say one thing he just put his hand up you know, walk out stoic, knock the guy out, raise his hand as he walked away, and just love the way that he competed in the sport. So, I mean, I, I've enjoyed so many guys, but I never had one that I said, that's my favorite fighter. Yeah. All right, so that's it for fan questions. We're gonna, I wanted to talk real quick about the fight, that the couple fights that were announced today. So you have Marlon Marais fighting uh, Peter Yan. So that yeah, that's a good one. That's going to be a great fight. And yep. Peter Yan already talking hella shit to uh, Henry Cejudo <laughs> saying, hey, the loser can fight Henry Cejudo for the title then. So he's already, <laughs> he's already got that out there. Um, Peter Yan showed that he doesn't get tired. Marlon Marais has showed that he slows down and, you know, in the yes. third, the fourth, and the fifth round. We're seeing that. And Peter Yan showed what he can do to guys. I mean, like, he's what's the What's the difference? What's the difference in this fight, just the setup for it? that tells you, ah, I got to lean this way. It's a main event fight, which means what in the UFC? Five rounds. Five rounds. Yeah. Peter Jan doesn't get tired. Marlon yeah. does. 
Yeah, and he's a very that's a problem. Very clean defensive fighter as well. He yeah. keeps his hands up. He's he slips he slips punches instead of parrying them. You know, so he makes them miss, makes them use energy. Uh, he's a very smart fighter. He utilizes his wrestling as well as his hands. Uh, he doesn't kick a whole lot, but he mixes everything up. He's got to get past Marlon Rice's switch head kick. If he can get past that little thing where he's got to keep his defense up and make sure that he's not just blocking with the glove, because Marlon will go through that. Uh, he's got he's got to make sure that he's either all the way in the pocket, get out of the kicking range, or he's all the way out of the pocket. I think that's how he wins yeah. the fight, and he pushes the pace. Well, both both guys can both guys can win the fight. Mm-hmm. I think that you know Marlon's chances of winning the fight are within the first two rounds. If it's yeah. going longer than those two rounds, it's starting. It should be going Peter's way because Peter doesn't get tired and he he maintains a fast pace. Yeah, and that fast pace killed. Marlon when he fought Cejudo, who he beat up in the first round, you know, the pace ended up, that was as much a, a defeat of, you know, cardiovascular than it, than it was by punches. Yeah. So that's a great fight, though. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. The next fight that was um, <clears throat> talked about or has been announced also was Dustin Poirier and Hooker. Yeah. What do you think? They, I th- well, I thought it was great that they actually – they they almost committed to that fight without you know the UFC yeah. really. It was on Twitter, yeah, and it was really. I thought it was cool. I love the fact that you know they're both in that position where they believe in themselves that they want to go. I think Hooker's good. Yeah, Poirier doesn't get enough credit though. No, he doesn't. Dustin is good, man. I mean, he's good everywhere. He's got a really good ground game, mm-hmm. but his stand up is sharp, and the way that the way they both do their, their stand-up different, but they both rely on the jab a lot. It's going to be an interesting contest. I think it's the guy that controls that ability to step off and land their shots compared to the guy coming straight forward. That's going to be the guy that's going to get the be- the better of the two. Good fight. Yeah, I, I think that <clears throat> Dustin Poirier has been, you know, he's, he's showed the experience that he has. I, I think that's going to play a factor in that fight. And I think, I think, I just think the size, the size of, the size of Dustin Poirier. He's a big guy. He's settled into the one fifty five pound division. The left handed, uh, how good he is. He, I don't know. I just, he, as long as he doesn't get flushed, like flustered and frustrated and start chasing after Don Hooker as he starts sticking and moving, sticking and moving. Um, as long as he doesn't do that, he just starts picks and chooses his shots. I think I think he wins. Um, because Dan showed that he slows down with all the movement that he has. He slows down in that fourth and fifth, like he did against uh, Paul Felder, and uh, and Poirier is just gonna slowly stalk after you and just kind of touch you, touch you, touch you. I'm gonna lean toward towards Poirier, just the level oh, of fights I- and the level of experience that I'm gonna give to Dustin. And Dustin, like you said, Dustin doesn't get enough credit for all the things he's accomplished. And uh, he's really coming to his own, I think, at 155. Uh, Dan's got a little bit of ways to go, I think. He's still good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he's, he's good. Re- he's really Super good. good. But, yeah. you know, he's relatively young and still needs a, a little bit of ways. I think he had a little bit of ways to go. Um, one of the things that I saw talking about Izzy, Izzy Israel Adesanya, 
and the Yoel Romero thing is I went back, I was watching the 24-7 the other day, and I was watching, they were showing re recaps of his fight with um, Whitaker, and then his recap with his fight with uh, Gastelum, and a couple of his fights when he first came into the into the UFC. I couldn't take much from the very first fights he had in the UFC, um, but his fights with Gastelum and his fights with uh, Whitaker, I've noticed that he doesn't want to just is just my two cents. You guys take it for what it is, but just something to look at when you guys are watching the fight this weekend is if you notice some of the positions that he got into, he gets into exchanges with Whitaker and he gets, he got into some exchanges with Gaslam, but in that position, he, cause he's tall, long and lanky he gets away with leaning his head back and his lower body is closer to his opponent, then his upper body is leaning back, and that's how he creates the space to land the combinations. Well, both those guys were willing to go ahead and stand and trade with him. Yoel Romero, being a smart fighter, being having the wrestling that he has, doesn't need to get into those exchanges. So those are things in that scenario where Izzy's got to be a little bit more careful with thinking that Yoel is going to stand in front of him and trade like the other two guys did. And he, the way his legs and his lower body is closer to Yoel, it's going to make it easier for him to get to that takedown position. I'm not saying he's going to get the takedown. I'm just saying that it makes the legs a little bit more accessible. And after watching it, he was, he's got, he's got the power. Fuck, he was leaning back and knocked out fucking Whitaker, dropped him also too. I think it was the end of the first round and dropped him. Um, but he was leaning back when he did that. Those are things that are very, those are like unheard of. You know, you hear, you hear all the time, like, you know, what's it called? When people have the power to knock you out going backwards. I think backwards. Fedor, Fedor is one of those guys, you know, uh, Frank Mir, when he, he was, Frank Mir was tumbling forward and Fedor just like threw a little loopy uppercut, upper, yeah, uppercut and boop and was moving backwards, like almost, almost running backwards and still, still generated enough power in the hips to knock him out. Uh, placements, everything. I know that as well, but those are just like one of those things that I want you guys to understand is when you guys are watching the fight, take a look at Izzy and making sure like you notice how when he kind of leans back and relies on his height and his reach and his distance of his hands, but sometimes he gets a little bit too close for that wrestling range and he wants to, he needs to avoid that with Yoel Romero at all costs. So he needs to stay long, stay long and not expect Yoel to get into those exchanges like like he did with uh, Gaslam and Whitaker. That's kind of my two cents. I, I was just bugging me. I want to talk about it. What do you think? You know, my, my whole thing in this is if, if Yoel had ever shown me that he wanted to go back to his wrestling days, mm -hmm. I think he's got a very good sh shot at taking out Izzy. He still hasn't shown me that. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just being honest. He... I think in his mind, he knows that he's more comfortable standing than he is wrestling when, because he knows that every time he wrestles, he gets tired. Yeah. And he's afraid of that. He worries about that. And so it's like, I'm, I'm going to use that if I have to. And that's a mistake facing the guy that he's facing. Israel is, he's unique. And when you talk about, there's things that, you look at Yoel and you go, dude, that's a six foot four inch frame for you to get into and take down because yeah. Izzy fights tall. He yeah. does not, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't wide base a lot. You know, he, he fights tall, mm -hmm. but 
again, I look at the fact that he does fight tall and his reach, he's going to be peppering Yoel. Yoel's going to have to do his lunges and he's going to, you know, have to take his chances, but he's going to be getting hit because Izzy's very accurate and Yoel's going to have to put up with a lot of damage to get in to do his damage on him in the stand-up game. So, I don't know. I think it's a good fight. I think anytime you put Yoel Romero in the cage, he can win that fight. Yeah. He's just that kind of athlete and tough guy. And, and, you know, I love, I love him as a, as a fighter, but he's facing a guy right now that he's, he's got it going. And, and, you, you know, how many times do we talk about confidence? Confidence is huge. How much confidence does, Israel Adesanya have right now. Shit, watching that twenty four seven, he's fucking loaded with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that dude's loaded with it. He is, man. You know, and he he believes in himself. He and should. When you have that, yeah, he should. And when you have that going for you, man, I'm not saying you can't get beat. You can, but it's it's gonna take a whole lot of whooping ass to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's the thing: Paul Acosta's big, tall. Uh, same with yep. Luke Rockhold and he yep. was able to draw, he was able to knock out Luke, but he was also able to drop Paul Acosta. Like he's able to get to people's chins that are tall. Oh, he is. He's, he lunges in. Yeah. He lunges in. He's, you know, he's accurate with his overhand, right? I mean, he, he covers the distance really well. Um, there's a lot of things that were people, the people like, like we said, people don't want to fight him. They have to fight him though, to prove that they're the best, <laughs> you know, yeah. and Izzy's doing that. And I tip my hat to him for doing that. Um, this is going to be, I think this fight right here will be his toughest task because he's the one guy that could actually potentially take him down and rest out wrestle him. Yes. You know, and if he utilizes that and if he can make, if he can make Izzy tired by putting all of his weight on him on top from a takedown position from being on top of him, we may see a different Israel out in rounds three, four and five. Yeah. We haven't the seen move, that. The yet. movement's going to slow down. Yeah. Everything's going to slow down. So absolutely. And that's so. where I look and say, you know, yeah, just in listening to you, well, he's talking about all he's going to do is make one mistake. Yeah. You know, he hits his hand and I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, but that's, you know, it is who he is. And yeah. so he's been successful. So, you know, he's got to, he's got to, you know, he's got to do what he thinks is right. Yeah. We'll see, man. It's exciting. Yeah. You wanted to talk about Islam. What were you going to say? He's got a fight coming up. Yes, he does. What do you think of it? I, I want to say so much, you guys. Come on! Uh, let me tell you this. I went to AKA training yesterday. It was uh, yesterday was Tuesday, right? Yeah, wrestling day. And <laughs> and Khabib is off. You know, getting out. He's walking out to the center of the mat, and Islam's about to wrestle with him. And Islam says, "Watch this. Watch this, Josh. I take your champion. I put him on the ground." I smash a champion. <laughs> this is how Islam, this is how Islam and Khabib's relationship is. He's like, I take your champion. I smash your champion. <laughs> like this is, this is fun to me. This is like, this is the stuff that goes around the gym. They get on each other. But what did he do? He went out there and took Khabib down right off the bat. And then he comes, looks at me and goes, told you I'd smash a champion. But it's funny, man. Like the two of them, they only make each other better. And they've got yeah. such a close relationship. As far as his opponent, uh, God, his name's escaping me right off the top of my head. Alexander Hernandez. Yes. Hernandez. Yeah, I only I only go based off of his uh, 
his Fight IG handle. No, his, oh, no, his God. IG handle. It's, it's like great. What is it? Greatness fifty one fifty five or something like that. Just such a Alexander the Great. Yeah. Alexander, what's yeah? It's something like that. Anyways, uh, anyways, uh, he's talented. He's good. Uh, he's still young. I don't think he has the level of experience to get through Islam. I tip my hat to him, and I've said that a couple of times for him taking the fight. People don't want to fight Islam. They've talked about, and I, I don't know if there's buzz just because he's Khabib's teammate or because, but I would imagine like there was with Cain Velasquez. There was buzz before Cain even got to the UFC about how great he was. And now Islam being in the UFC and people seeing how good he is. Um, you know, it just, he's so good. He is so good. <laughs> and people want to talk about Khabib being good, but Khabib, you know what Khabib's going to do to you. And that's what makes him so good. So he can continue to do what he he already know what he's gonna do. And Islam doesn't have Islam doesn't have to do that. He can keep it on the feet. He can keep it on the. He can take it to the ground. He can he can do anything. And his submission game is nasty good, very good. So I honestly I think it's gonna go probably a good maybe a round and a half, maybe two rounds. But I think he, uh, Hernandez will weather the storm for a little bit. He ain't getting off the ground though. Once the fight hits the ground, he ain't getting up. You know, and that's how the first round will end was him on bottom, you know, and then the, the second round will probably end with him getting submitted or him getting uh referee stoppage. I don't I don't see him getting out of the second round. And I like the kid. I think he's extremely talented. I think that yeah, he is. I think he's, he's got player. he's got the potential to be um top five, you know, somewhere in there, you know, top five, top three later on down the road, but not right now. Yeah. You know, that's as that's as far as I look at it. I'm and I'm not being a homer. I just know the no, abilities. No, I, I, I the totally abilities. agree with. Yeah, I totally agree with you on everything you said. Right now, I don't, I don't have Alex in that position that he's in. That you know, I'm going to say even top ten. He's close. Yeah, but there's no doubt that Islam, Islam's in the top five. Yeah, he's that good. And you're talking. Take a look at that top five. You know, it's I, I don't put Connor there because he's he's fighting 170. And I don't know what he's doing. So. But, you know, Gaethje, uh, Ferguson, Khabib, you know, he's right in there, man. Yeah. He can fight any of them, and he's he's awfully good. Yeah. He's I'm, a stifling fighter. I'm really confused on why they didn't do Kevin Lee and Islam. They were talking about it on, the, on oh, I know. Twitter, and he, they were all for it. They agreed to it. They signed the contract, signed the contract, and neither one of them ever got the contract. So it's like... I, I don't I don't understand I, I maybe I understand the fact that like they don't want to lose two very marketable guys to having them fight her off the bat like maybe wait down the line when it's a little bit more marketable and able to uh, make more money off of them. That's the only thing I can think of because they're they're both very talented, very good. I, th I think part of their problem is you know is it a problem or are we just saying it's a problem? Is it a problem? <laughs> I I, I, who's the champ? <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, is he going to fight Khabib? No. Okay. That's a problem. So anybody I put him against and he wins, yeah. guess what? I can't now. That guy's off the list to put yeah. against Khabib. So it's a tough position. Well, Khabib's made it very clear. I we I had Khabib on uh, the old podcast I used to do, and he had talked about, like, look, all I'm doing is I'm laying the groundwork for Islam. That's all I'm doing. He's like, as soon as I'm, as soon as I'm done, he's like, Islam is going to be here to take the title shot. That's it. He's like, that's the only way I'm leaving the title. Otherwise I'm not leaving the title. 
He made it very <laughs> clear. I'm not leaving the title until I know Islam is going to have the, the chance to fight for the vacant title. And I was like, wow, that's that's a pretty impressive though. I, I like I like that. I think it's great. Um, was there anything else? Nothing? I don't think so. No? I think we good? went through the questions. Yeah. We're good. Well, we had we have about 100 more questions to go through, but we don't have the time. So <laughs> I just want to let you know, Dave was telling us, like, we'll he, he posted it this afternoon, and by this evening, we had over 100-something questions. Bang. So that's good, man. I like to hear that. That makes me feel good. Hey, you guys, uh, I was supposed to do this in the beginning of the show, and I didn't do it, so I'm going to have to do it now, okay, is hit the subscribe button, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all those, do it. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. You guys, you guys are killing it, man. You guys are helping us a lot. I got to tell you, just since last Monday, we were at little over 20, just under 22,000. I think we're at almost 24,000 now. So 2,000 in almost a week. You guys, we're on par to be gaining 5,000 a month in subscriptions as long as you guys keep just sharing. YouTube, though. Don't, just, for, don't forget audio. Yeah, don't forget about the audio, iTunes, all, all those All things. those people are growing it as well, though? Yeah, they're all growing as well. So we're at, you know, 24,000. And I hear you guys telling us, I'll, I read the comments. You guys, I can't believe this doesn't have more subscribers. You guys have to remember, we've only been doing this for, what, eight months now? A little over eight months, I believe. So you guys, just remember that. Like, that's why it's important for you guys to help share our stuff, share our, share, just take your videos and share it on Facebook, share them everywhere you possibly can. We appreciate it. Twitter everywhere. Totally you know? appreciate it. Yeah. It, I mean, we've noticed it. I want you to like, we want to let you know that we've noticed it. Uh, also go to uh pro wrestling tees.com slash <laughs> uh, Josh Thompson, Josh Thompson official. And it's still 20% off. No, it's not 20% off anymore, but here, pick up that Wayne in shirt. If you guys can, we truly appreciate that as well. Rep us out there walking around and, uh, we're working on some new designs. You guys are supposed to send us some send us some, some designs. They have blah, blah. send us <laughs> some designs and some stuff that we potentially could put on our shirts. And uh, we you would appreciate that. Some. Send us designs if you have that capability, and yes. we will really appreciate it. Yes, we would like that. If you could do that for us, we would, and then hopefully we could put it on to a, one of our t-shirts and get it out there. We'd love to love to do that. Anything else? I will. I am good. Okay, well, we will talk on, we'll talk next week right after the Izzy fight. Yes, we will. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to see this. I want to see if he That's does what I was talking about. It's in my mind now. I can't get it out of my head. Anyways. <laughs> all right, well, hey, you guys have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. Hope you guys enjoy the Q&A. I know we didn't get to all of them, obviously, but when you've got almost 100 something or over a little over 100, it's hard to get to them. We appreciate we'll you guys. We'll do it again. Thank you. We're going to definitely week. do it again. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Thank Bye. you.